Sports Hub. We've got Boston sports cover coming and going. 98.5, the Sports Hub. All right, hour two of the Ted and Joe show here at 98.5, the Sports Hub. Ted being three-time Super Bowl champion, Ted Johnson. Um, I, I So Mike Reese always comes out with his Sunday morning stuff and... Um, lot, yesterday I was like, man, you know, this is all this fallout with the Bruins and the Celtics and like, you know, the, the Red Sox, there's something we need to get into with them coming up in a little oh, yeah. bit, what's happening around Major League Baseball. Yeah, but crazy. when I read this today, this jumped at me, Cam Newton, when the Patriots return to the field on Monday, could be back under center, which reflects that his right hand injury isn't serious. Teammates welcomed Newton at Friday's voluntary OTA, and the word is the QB threw the ball around a bit. A week ago, Ted, we were speculating it might be ligament damage, or mm-hmm. I, I was I was definitely speculating that that it was probably ligament uh, damage. If he's out there playing tomorrow, uh, wow! Then the, I okay. So when you when we say serious, so when when I said he probably tore ligaments in his hand. Um, and he was gonna. It's probably gonna be hard to grip the ball for a while or grip anything for for several several weeks. That that isn't a serious. It's not a serious injury, but it's 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 a serious enough injury that I would think would not allow him to be able to participate in in mandatory in these mini camps or OTAs at least until training camp. If he's out there tomorrow throwing the football, then I was completely off on my assessment. And, and my assessment was just based off of the the information I was given, how he reacted on the field, what they were the 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 location in the hand that they were dealing with, um, and how just how he reacted to getting hurt in practice led me to believe that it was something that he probably a torn ligament that was going to maybe uh, not be let him be able to throw the football for a few weeks or, or a month or at least until the beginning of training camp. And if I was wrong on that, that's great news, um, at least for Cam Newton. And his, oh, for Cam Newton. <laughs> for Cam Newton. <laughs> for that's us, great news for Cam Newton. Well, and here's the other thing to throw out there. Um, last week I was kind of mentioning that um, slowly I think Mac Jones is making the rise and Belichick's trying to like – you know when you like you put a pot, a pot of pasta on, you know, you, you boil the pot a little bit and you leave it on too long, it boils over a little bit. I think Bledsoe was trying to turn the heat down. Uh, not Bledsoe. Belichick. <laughs> Belichick was trying to turn. I watched those Bledsoe highlights, and there we go. Uh, Belichick was trying to turn the 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 you know the, the heat down a little bit. Didn't want it to boil over a little bit. So here's Mac making all these plays. Reporters are saying, wow, Mac Jones is identifying all these these throws. And, oh, well, this is a Patriots bat- offense is back. And then this week it's. He's not even getting most of the reps in one on in, in you know seven on seven or eleven on eleven drills, and this is of course Mike Reese again. I'm giving him all the credit today because you know he came out with his piece this morning. But he mentions that Jordan Love uh, took 26 of 31 total reps in eleven on eleven drills, where Mac Jones only got eight of the 34 reps, um, and these were competitive drills. So Brian Hoyer and Jarrett Stidham are getting more competitive reps than Mac Jones right now. Is this because they're starting him slow, or they, he's just like I, the more and more I read about this, I feel like he's not going to have any consideration to be the week one starter. Like if Mac's not the guy, 
I don't think. I mean, if Cam's not the guy, excuse me. I don't think Mac is either. He's not. He's not Joe. You just this just this you is starting, starting to figure this right out now. now. Yes, yes. <laughs> I I think he has zero intention of playing uh, Mac Jones. He he has zero intention. That's why I said a few weeks ago where I think this could be what maybe is the ultimate kind of thing. It's not Tom Brady, and it's not all the other scandals and all the other things that go on in Foxborough that maybe be is the end of the uh, Belichick craft relationship. Sometimes I, I mean, it's it's it, it, not crazy to suggest that maybe it's Mac Jones because I think Robert Kraft had a huge, huge hand and influence in in the Patriots drafting Mac Jones this year, and I could see RKK influencing Bill Belichick as in when it comes to playing the kid maybe before Bill wants to play and Bill does not want to play Mac Jones this year uh, for reasons I've given in the past, but I I wonder if the owner. Might step in, and but they're going to win. The thing is, the, the the Patriots have a good enough roster right now, Joe. That they're going to win. They're going to win enough games to justify keeping Cam Newton out there, no matter how bad he's playing, as long as they're winning games. So it might not come to that. But um, my feeling is, Bill Belichick has no desire to play uh, Mac Jones. I will say this though: the li- the reps that he did get, Joe, you're talking about a limited number of reps that Mac Jones got. He did go against the defense number one defense. That, my friend, is 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 an indicator that Bill wants to see him against the best competition. He might have gone third in the order, but he also but he went third against the number one defense for the Patriots, and that's something you can't overlook. That thought, means something. I thought this was pretty good. You sent this over from CBS Sports, and and uh, it had the top five QB rankings of like you know com- com- or uh, top uh, quarterback battles yeah, around the league. So yeah. number number five, Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater. That's legit. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. the Broncos have a pretty good pretty good offense. The Saints, Jameis Winston, and Taysom Hills there, and then it's the Bears, Dalton, and, and Justin Fields. Then the Patriots come in at two. With Cam Newton, Mac Jones, it says New England followed up its free agency spending by making a serious investment in quarterback Jones. Any addition would have been welcomed after an ugly 2020 with Newton, who received little help from last year, blah, blah, blah. But Jones, especially intriguing considering he's often been compared to Tom Brady, uh, who the Patriots still have not replaced yet. Uh, Cam should be better and improve with a supporting cast, but it's not unreasonable to think Jones could show more accuracy and durability during the camp early. Have you heard anything about him being well, from what I heard this week, Mac maybe took a step okay. down, back and did a lot of checkdowns. Okay, can I just for the record, let's just get this out right now. This idea that you can't play rookies and you can't play a rookie quarterback in a Bill Belichick system because it's too advanced is bullcrap, total BS. That's what they tell you so that you stop, you know, uh, thinking that way. So you know, well, okay, it's too, it's too hard. You can you know how many rookies? come in and play at all positions in the NFL, okay? A lot of guys. You know how many rookies come in and play at quarterback and can do a decent jobs? There's there's, there's a, I mean, min- a million Herbert examples. Was rookie of the year there's a million examples of it. So to sit there and say automatically dismiss Mac Jones, well, he can't play this year because his system's too hard. Cam Newton, after this season and on a podcast, I don't know, a few weeks after the season was over, is basically quoted as saying, he didn't know where to go with the football right before the snap a lot of times. He was slow on his reads. You're telling me Mac Jones is, is, is at least be at that point from a mental standpoint, if not further along, than what Cam Newton was at the end of the season of this year after the uh, last season? So, no, he's he's he was the most quarterback-ready 
college quarterback prospect of all the prospects. He was the most ready to come in and start right away because of his mental uh, uh, aptitude. So don't tell me he's not smart enough to pick up this offense. And maybe not the full scope of it, yeah. but he could mentally, he can handle it. So that is a BS narrative that they like to push around here just so that you stop, you know, uh, wanting him out there. Yeah. If he's good and he, he, if he'll be, I think he'll be, he should be competing for the starting job for the quarterback position week one. He won't be for other reasons that, uh, that you know, I've, well, I've gotten into. Well, that's why it's, it dawned on me just now, like, Everything that everyone's saying, or these reports, or whatever, whoever's feeding who what yeah. information, it sounds like Cam's not going to be the guy. And if it, and if it's not, sorry, if Cam is the guy, Max not, it's going to be Stidham or Hoyer. <laughs> like that's what it, that's what it sounds like to me. And I don't know if it'll be Stidham, but you know, if Brian Hoyer is like your week one starter because Cam's injured or something like that, I, I'll be it, like, why, why, why not just play the kid? You you see what this position, other than Cam Newton, Bill Belichick, other than Cam Newton. It's keep them humble, keep them down, keep them hungry, keep them always wanting more, never feeling comfortable. And that's where he wants to keep Mac Jones, man. There's one other play I want to get to later on in the show that he's doing that to and might be keeping him down a little bit, keeping him in check. Uh, we'll get into that in a little bit here. We got some calls. Let's, uh, let's get to them. Uh, let's start with JP, who's an NP. What's up, JP? Wolfman Joe and Ted, I got three Fs for you today. I got frontman. Food and a, a football question for Ted. Frontman, Kiss, 1978, Gene Simmons dropping out of the Civic Center ceiling. Best show I ever saw, best frontman I ever saw. <laughs> Food, La Pinata, authentic Mexican restaurant, Friday night, best steak fajitas, Warren, Rhode Island, great mariachi, guitar player, Al Fresco outside, <laughs> outstanding Joe if you're ever in Warren. And yeah. said, wait, 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 real quick. You got the mariachi band? Is this for the girl? It was a gu guitar player. He did Sinatra, mariachi. It was outstanding. He did a song request for me, Joe. Oh. It was a great night. Oh. Had a ball. Did he I close the deal for like no Had tomorrow. to close the deal, right, kid? <laughs> he sang the song I needed, and he had right there. Five hour tickle, get you something, Joe. I wasn't going ten, but I went five. I had to break the ten in case I needed it for dinner. I had a boy. As a football player on the field, you're watching, you know, you've been through it. Is there a way I can watch these players to see how they're reacting, to see any indications of who they'd rather have as a starting quarterback? Any signs, reactions, something that as we're watching, you know, practices or we're seeing highlights that might be a giveaway because everybody's got their own opinion on it. Or do these guys all stay neutral on the field? Oh, yeah. They're, they're, JP, good stuff. Thanks, JP. <laughs> Way to go, Tom. I think one time I made it would be the uh... – you talk about all the the mariachi uh, songs. Those are probably, that's probably the song. Um, you, you know what? You you would just hear chatter. Just what do what do players say? Players like yeah, Mac Jones did this. Mac Jones did that. Um, if you see Mac Jones getting reps with against not necessarily the number one offense for the Patriots, although that's a, usually a clear indication. But if he's going up against the ones. And he is moving the ball against the ones, and he's completing passes against this number one defense. That's that's a good sign. The kid is is where he where he needs to be. So that's that's a real good sign. Let's talk to John and Eastie. What's up, John? How you doing, guys? Hey, John. Hey, couple quick thoughts on Mac Jones. Uh, first of all, 
Tom Brady, for the first three years of, exi- of his existence in New England, was a system quarterback. He was a checkdown quarterback. Yep. You know, he made some throws, to be sure, and the talent was, you know, we could see it. But he wasn't asked to do a whole heck of a lot, certainly in his first season and even in his second season when they didn't make the playoffs. So there, there's precedent yep. there with Belichick and that offense with Mac Jones. Yep. The second thing is that when they signed Brian Hoyer, I kind of scratched my head, too. But the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. Cam Newton's not a passing quarterback. Brian Hoyer is. Brian Hoyer and Mac Jones are more comparable than uh, Cam Newton and Brian Hoyer. And there's not a quarterback coach in the room. So does that make Brian Hoyer to a certain degree the de facto quarterback coach for a kid like Mac Jones? Yeah. Yep. And I think he's a better yeah. backup for Mac. And you nailed it. The, yeah. the only thing I was going to mention is I just go back to the, uh, the Matt Castle era. Like, yep. Matt Castle, I think, yep. should have got cut that offseason. It was terrible. They changed everything around for him. My thing is, I the Patriots quarterback that I want is a guy that makes the right decision yeah. and doesn't turn the football that's over. That's it. That's it. That's it. I don't want a guy that's out there just because he's more athletic or talented yeah. or anything like that. And so, so it's crazy to sit here and say Mac Jones... Uh, sh- uh, shouldn't be playing. He's a rookie. It's too. The offense is too hard. Give me a break. This is going to be a team that's going to be one of the the highest rushing attempt per game teams in the NFL. Um, it's going to be a simple offense, tight end driven, over the middle of the field. And don't kid. What 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 did the uh, Patriots in their offense last year, Joe? On on third down, third and three or more. When you watch that offense last year for the Patriots, did was it predictable? Did, yeah. did when the Patriots were in third and five? Did you feel real good no. about them? Okay, you, you not at all, right? Yeah, not it, at all. It was draws in the the horizontal screens all day. That right? dude couldn't throw. I'm sorry, but Cam Newton had an so interception. You on cannot screen. tell me that Mac Jones doesn't give you a better chance right now today, as we as we are talking on third down and long. That he gives you a better chance of making a completion than Cam Newton does at this point. Please, yeah, I'll tell you. I think Cam is the better athlete, no doubt. But the guy I want is the guy who won't make a mistake that we know of, and that's Mac Jones. But again, rookie quarterback, we'll uh, we'll find out. Uh, we got to hit a break real quick, but I want to get to something that's happening in Major League Baseball that might just stir up some controversy. Let's get into that coming up next here on the Sports Zone. Um. When the games are on, this is where you can talk about them. 98.5 The Sports Hub. Back here, ninety-eight five sports. Home. Oh god, some of the off uh, off the field stuff is always better than on the field. All right, so baseball stuff. I, this is this is where I want to go with it this week. Um, it, it's more about like we only talk about baseball now, right? When there's something happening yeah. in the sport, yeah. dude. Friday they were talking about the infield fly rule. <laughs> Because of what happened in the uh, game against the Astros on Thursday night, and I just I was just thinking about that. Like, there's a like big discussion about that rule. In, in this, it was an exciting game Thursday night against the Astros. It, it, it was they, the, the Red Sox just killed Greinke, knocked him out. I mean, they were pounding the ball, but it was interesting that the main topic of of discussion for that game was what happened on that infield fly rule. Um, and to, I'm trying to highlight and illustrate your point there, Joe, and that baseball, and we've come to uh, down to just talking about wonky plays or 
weird plays or you know a, you know sticky substances on on the baseball and that's what gets us talking about the sport. Can I tell you something? I watched the game yesterday. Um I was napping. I did a lot. Of, I did a lot of now. I've been dealing with uh, allergies lately, and I took the day off. Feel bad for you, buddy. You can. You can. I'm back today, though. I'm gonna get no, a you, you sound good, I, but there, I can just tell your nose is. It's just. I. I don't know. Maybe it's the pollen. I don't it's know. It's horrible this year. Horrible, Joe. So I took the day off. Like anyway, I'm just. I'm kicking it back. On the you couch. took the day off from your social account. Everything. Yeah. I, I've been hitting it hard lately too. I've been going out. You know. You've been knowing me on Sundays. Like yeah, yeah. I'm going to the beach. I'm doing this. I needed a day, and I'm watching the game. And the, the the Red Sox have this guy Brennan on the mound, Brandon Brennan, who I've never heard of. So like, I know a bunch of Brandon Brennans. I feel like if, you know from Quincy or something. So the there was a little little dribbler down the third baseline that just stopped. And I'm like, oh wow, look at that! And then all of a sudden, Eckersley goes, "That ball looks really beat up." And then the ball just gets thrown away. And I'm like, wait, can you show me the ball? I want to see the ball. Like, let me look at the ball. and But Eckersley noticed it. I noticed the ball didn't get down. To, it had to be a sticky substance on the ball. And Eckersley called it. I saw it with my own eyes. As, as if the sticky substance got stuck in the grass. And dead, exactly. You know what I mean? So I'm like, are there anybody going to bring this up? Anyone talking right. about this? And I was too lazy to go on Twitter to make us think about it. Yeah. You know, what? just just like yesterday, there was something that happened in soccer. I was going to make us think about it. And I was like, you know what? I'm not. Let me ask you this. Of... On a scale of one to ten, this "quote unquote" scandal of what we, we all think it's being rampant all throughout the uh, Major League Baseball that pitchers now are using illegal substances more now now more than ever I should say to get uh, a better grip on the ball so that they are more effective pitchers and it's all coming out this week Sports Illustrated yada yada um, you're, you're seeing the numbers uh, in baseball for hitters are is way down. And so now it's become this big story. On a scale of 1 to 10, Joe, how would you rate this scandal as far as cheating scandals go in the world of sports? 2 or 3, I don't even care. 1 to 10, 2 or 3. Let me ask you if this was 15 years ago. Oh, it'd be bigger. Well, so so and I guess my point is I'm tr- what I'm trying to ask is to me 15 10 10 15 years ago this would have been a massive story, I think. Okay. Massive the, story. The football things? <sighs> I don't want to bring. I, I actually, well, it's not cross sports. When it comes to baseball, everything nowadays is about the old timer game. Like Ted, I played ball twenty years ago. I played competitively twenty years ago. I never made a pro or anything like that, but I played, bounced around. Like you know, there were dudes definitely taking things that we had to. I've never seen dudes mm-hmm. hit four hundred and fifty footballs like I, I did in my oh, life. Absolutely, and, guys and, were. And, and don't get me wrong, you know, pitchers watch, were too. Watching a oh yeah, oh oh yeah, and, and, and don't get me wrong, position like, players were too. Dude, Not just the DH. I, I don't know where the rosin bag went, but we used to have a rosin bag back in the day. We did all sorts of stuff to that thing. Yep. You know. Yeah. Um. All, all I'm trying to say is. You know, I, I don't think there was anything I could have done to a ball to impact the game the way it is right now. Right now, there are pitchers that are have, like, low ERAs of, like, under one or whatever. The The home run rate is really low at some at some points. Like, pitchers are dominating Major League Baseball. Something's going they on. They have. Been, some, uh, yeah, they have. Until right. this week. Something is going on now. Like, something's going on. Yeah. And did you notice this week after what happened? Oh, I, I I only mentioned this because I do the gambling show, 
and we were talking about, dude, have you noticed some of these run? You know, you know, a lot of games went under, but you notice these low totals on these games? It was a one nothing game. I'm looking at it, and I'm like, huh. huh. And then yesterday, I noticed a lot of games went over the total. Because the past week. Now what's happening is the the, the, the jury, it's out there now. Everyone's looking. Everyone's watching. So now do you notice how many home runs Nick Pavetta gave up yesterday? Or how many of the Red Sox gave yeah, up yesterday? Career worst. Three home runs in the And I'm not calling Five him home out. runs. I'm not calling him oh, Nick, out. Nick, Nick. Nick's played great <laughs> up until a week ago. <laughs> Nick's played great up until a week ago. That, all I'm trying to say is there's something going on with the game. It's changing the game. Yeah. We're all starting to take notice of it. it but it, But has anyone complained about it until now? I mean, nobody's complained about it. Now you're looking at it like, oh, pitchers, hitters aren't hitting the same like they used to. And maybe it's because of steroids or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I listen. It, it's it's here's the thing. It's very difficult as as a as a player in major league base. Like if you're a lot of times players, they cover for each other. They don't want to, you know, they they don't want to be whistleblowers. But when batters are getting st- struck out at high rates and and guys aren't doing well at the plate that affects their bottom line and so now was it donaldson josh donaldson uh yeah, of the, yeah. was it of the tour tw- uh, toronto? toronto yeah oh. he's he's out there calling out you know garrett cole twins. he's on the twins now to on the twins so because he's basically like wait this is affecting how i perform so i gotta call this guy out and i gotta bring attention to this because you know what my numbers are going down and that's gonna affect my, my bottom money. line why are pitchers doing what they're doing because they're getting paid because they get paid exactly. and you know what all these nerds that want their spin rate hey spin rate spin rate. it's all they talk about spin rate yeah you know what gary cole's like i'll give you a spin rate and i'll give you a spin rate you know so good you're you're gonna give me 300 million dollars for the next eight years uh new york yankees thank you very much it comes down to guys doing what they have to do to get their contracts now that they got their contracts oh okay oh now you're gonna you're gonna oh all right well oh i'm not gonna use it anymore but it's it's all it is. It's just the basic human nature is to if you see a loophole and you can make a lot more money by you know by basically exploiting that loophole. Guys are going to do it until they clamp down. And the problem with baseball is all these unwritten rules. Cheat, but don't make it obvious. Mm-hmm. Cheat. Oh, okay, if you want to kind of fudge the rules, go ahead, but don't put it in our yeah. face. Yeah. That gray area is the problem with baseball. Is the gray area part it's there's not it's not clearly defined and it's not it's not enforced across the board all the time and so you have all this amount of gray area and so it it, it allows for these kind of little scandals to pop yeah. up all the time so so i know you told me you played hoops right in high school Who, who'd you play against the... oh what was his name he went to north carolina oh, eric montross eric montross okay who played for the celtics was drafted by the celltics for those who that's know. right we yep. got to talk about this another time which is sam pasquale high but but, t- but t- did you play baseball as well i did early in my career okay. I was a baseball so player. so i i played baseball my whole life i played competitively after high school and then it just kind of died out. Then I started playing softball because <laughs> that's what you do after. After and then reti- once you retire from baseball, it's like, hey, let's go play softball. Let's keep the dream alive. But I, in my life, I never felt like I played on the same level as somebody else when I played baseball. My whole life, you felt like the, they were always doing something. Felt like somebody was always yes cheating. Yes, che- I mean, how do you cheat in baseball? Steal signs, doctor the ball, bats, take steroids, the bats, the bats, oh, or, or they the, cork the oh the bats were completely illegal. Okay, gotcha. oh my god, yeah, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, dude. Al- aluminum bats? <laughs> yes. Dude, yeah. dude, dude, bats on. Yeah. Yeah. My whole. I, I, I never, a- ever felt like there was a level playing field yeah. when I played baseball in my whole life. 
Never. Never, ever. And, and, and dude... I'm telling you, there's stuff that I know that people have done with pitchers, whether it's come the hair gel, um, you know, putting stuff in their hair, uh, putting stuff, you know, the, the rosin bag, as I mentioned. Is it right or wrong, Joe? I don't, you know, to me, See, I, didn't I, mean, that, that, to me just, I didn't care. I was going to try to beat you no matter what. That was my mentality. Okay. Hey, if, you know what? Screw that guy. I'm going after him. It, you know what I mean? But I never was going to call him out. It's tough, though. The bat thing, I'd be like, hey, that bat sounds pretty loud but, out but there. You know what's tough, though, Joe? When it comes to your profession and your career in making money. That's where it changes. That's where, it, exactly. that's where I, I would have an issue. And so these baseball players, they all need to get on the same page, man. And they all need to decide I, 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 either allow it, don't allow it, but the gray area that they live in is not good for the sport. I agree with you. And and so I think that's the, 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 the thing I wanted to get out of this today was that whatever's going on in baseball – it's hurting the game, but it's having us talk about it. At the same time, it will affect people's paychecks. And in the long run, that's why people are going to snitch. So, for example, the Dodgers have probably been hosed a couple of times from a championship. They won last year. But, like, years before that, though, let's call it what it was. I, 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 they may There may have been some yeah, They have some issues shenanigans. with Astros. And I, shenanigans. I, I, yeah. Let's call it what it is. Yeah. I'm just curious. Is anyone going to ask Alex Cora? Has anybody asked Alex Cora about this? Has anyone asked him? I, I, I'm trying to find out. I, yes. Uh, who, who who asked him this week? Did you do you have any of that? Uh, yes, yeah, Shaughnessy. Oh, 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 Dan Shaughnessy asked about it this week, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I did. Did Core have a response? He he did. Uh, I'm going to look it up for audio. I'm going to no, look up the audio. Look up, look up the uh, Dan Shaughnessy in the uh, Globe, of course. Uh, I don't know, I have it anywhere. It's a great back and forth. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I got it. Um, so Dan Shaughnessy interviewed Alex Cora, okay, um, and he asked him about uh, <clears throat> about this. He said uh, this because <clears throat> he basically Shaughnessy's saying, "Look, Cora cannot uh, afford to be associated with another cheating scandal." All right. Um, <laughs> of course, uh, Cora was uh, attached to the Astros cheating scandal in 2017. Of course, the uh, the 2018 World Champion Red Sox were caught and punished by MLB for illegal sign stealing uh, the with the video room shenanigans. Um, and Shaughnessy asked Cora uh, in a Zoom session uh, this past Wednesday about what is going on as far as you know all this uh, the substances uh, you know pitchers using illegal substances now. He goes. And this is what Cora said. He goes, I don't think it's in the manager's hands when it comes to that. So he's basically saying, I, I don't either. A, I don't goes, either. I agree I, with him. He thinks, I think it's more of the players. And, oh, excuse me. This was a, he had a one-on-one with Cora on Friday morning. Excuse me. He asked about recommendations that Cora might have to his pitchers. And he said, quote, we had a meeting in spring training and uh, uh, Kyle Bloom uh, addressed that part. He said to Shaughnessy. Um, he said, uh, and then Shine said, well, given his personal history, does core, do you feel, uh, the need to be particularly, uh, vigilant on the issue? He says, um, like I said, Kime talked about it in spring training. He was very open about it. So now we uh, have to wait for the memo or whatever they're going to do. And then we'll address it again. Swell, I told Cora, but since he was one of the few punished when the Astros got caught and since he was the manager of their Sox when they got caught in 18, and if I were him, I'd be telling my guys to make sure they were clean because I can't have anything else on my resume. What about that, Alex? Kind took care of that in the spring training, he said. Ooh, okay, then. Him. So he Smart. just keeps deferring it Deflecting. to Kime Bloom, yeah. and it, that was addressed Smart in, uh, in spring training. But... Going into uh, before last before this past week, 
The Red Sox third in Major League Baseball in spin rate um, behind the Dodgers and the White Sox, Joe. This starting rotation has far exceeded expectations, you would say, correct, going uh, correct. to start the season. Now in the last week, after a full rotation uh, of, you know, kind of uh, uh, through the uh, through the rotation, all five starters have uh, had a start in the last week. Their collective ERA is 9.27, and they have surrendered 39 hits, 23 earned runs, and 22 and a third innings. The starting rotation has for the Red Sox just in the last week since this cheating scandal broke. And so clearly it makes us all wonder uh, whether or not uh, the Red Sox were, were doing it as well. Hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. And I'm just looking at some of the scores around Major League Baseball. 8-7 uh, over the total. 11-2 over the total. 8-7 over the total. Oh, 5-4 over the... 15-2 over the total. 7-4. Ho-hum! Ho-hum! 10-3. Reds... Car- so many games went over the total if you're betting. I'm telling you, betters right now, bet the overs because... Bet the overs, out. The Rangers 12-1 yesterday against the Dodgers. The night before, 12-1. We're on to something here, everybody. It's time to make some dough on it. <laughs> and that's what it's all about in the end. All right, we're going to hit a break here. Uh, some things that Ted mentioned earlier in the show I want to recap coming up next here on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Up. Relatable, reliable, and even relentless at times. This is Boston's home for sports. 98.5 The Sports Hub. So I have a torn labrum in my hip. Uh, probably going to do surgery. I'm going to do surgery. I just don't know what the exact date is, probably within a month. Uh, start the recovery process, and then uh, we'll see what the future holds after that. Hopefully recovery goes well, and, and, and I'll be ready to play hockey at some point next year. So you, you want to you wanna play still, and, and you want to come back to the Bruins? Yes, yes, hopefully. I mean, I, I do. Mentally, uh, I'm up for that. And then the physical aspect, hopefully everything goes well, like I said, and then you know, we'll probably be looking at January or February return to hockey. So uh, that's right, back here at 98 Father Sports on and, and hopefully it works out. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, too. I didn't mean to cut you off there, bro. He was just talking, you know. Uh um, oh, yeah, a lot to say. Not an exit interview. So that's there's more audio of, of Tuca in that interview that blew me away, things he said. So, uh, I'm ready to move on from Tuca. Um, how can you not be? How can, I, any, I, how can any Bruins fan not be? I, I'm just, it's time. Uh, yeah, it's just time. It's time. It's time to break up the nucleus. And uh, you mentioned something earlier today that I've I been thinking about for a little bit now. How many players said that they want to stay in Boston and you know, with the Bruins, it was evident. Like, man, like Tory Krug wanted to stay here a year ago. Remember, he won- they he was pissed that they didn't even offer him a deal. He got a deal for he got a deal, and then all of a sudden went back to the Bruins, and they were like, "Yeah, it's off the table." So, like, you you offered him a six year deal, and then when he gets a six year deal. He comes back to you and he takes it off the table. I'm, all I'm saying is there are guys who want to stay here, and you know. I, I look at why I, I look at the, the pa- question is why. Well, I look at the Patriots and I'm like, well, a lot of people. Belichick also at times says, hey, well, you know, you go, 
And we we can tell you a bunch of guys like Edelman came back, Hightower came back. They came back because they had no other offers. Yeah, exactly. David Andrews came back. David Andrews because they could, they back. they didn't even get deals that were. But but they did like it here. I mean, let's just face it. I think they in the end they wish they could have got the money here. But Bruins in particular say they want to stay here. Is it because they're competitive in the conversation every year? Is it because they make their money? Obviously, I mean they they pay to the cap every single year. Um, what was it? What is it? Is the coach? Because I think Cassidy is the right guy. I do, but he's been pantsed a couple of times. Blues series. Trots out. Trots totally outcoached him. Um, but I'm just wondering what what is it? And I know there might be some people in the world. Joe, it's Boston. No, but like I don't know. Like you play here, tons of guys have gotten more money elsewhere. I mean, like Krug's one of them. Lucic is one of them. Was already past his prime. Like so many guys have left and gone elsewhere and gotten big money. It's just it's true. So like, are you saying you want to stay here to save face, or are you saying you want to like is Krejci really going to take less money? He's going to have to. If Rask wanted to come back, he'd have to take less money. So it's just like Taylor Hall even said he would take less money to stay here. It's just, I don't know, to me, that's the one thing that kind of stood out to me this week was people want to stay here, but, like, well, do, if you want to stay here, are things going to change for the team? You know, you could, st- you could, you know, there's, it's either, why do you guys want to stay here? The, the, my my feeling is there's a there's certain level of comfort here that guys, you especially the older guys, where they don't bring in competition, they don't push them to, you know, to like where they're saying, you know, hey, we got a young guy behind you. If you don't cut it, we're going to replace you. There's no pressure. Can I, can I just pick up on the, that real quick? Yeah. Do the Bruins have anybody? No. No. The way that they've drafted yeah. over the last couple of years. Like Trent Frederick's been this kid knocking at the door. He's not super talented, but they like him, and he, yeah. they, he's a guy that at some point yeah. going to play all yeah. the time. But there's nobody like chasing, you know, um, Nick Ritchie on the third line. No one's line. pushing. <laughs> Do you know what right. I'm no like, one's pushing these older established guys for their for their jobs, and so you, you, they go to work. It's hey man, it, it was kind of like playing f- for Bill. Uh, excuse me for Pete Carroll. You knew like everybody's job was safe. Bill, Pete was going to love the one he was with. These guys, I think they there's a certain level of complacency. And if you have an owner who's an absentee owner who isn't putting pressure on the front office, so the front office isn't putting pressure on the coach who isn't putting pressure on the players, and they're not churning the roster to create this environment where it's, hey, if you're not getting it done, there's the next guy. It's kind of like they all know that they're the guys and that they're going to – it's a vet-laden team and that they're going to have a lot of the power. If you're those guys that have been around for 10, 15 years, like some of these guys you mentioned – there's a there's a certain level of complacency and comfort that comes with that, where they don't want to leave that. Of course, Tuca doesn't want to play anywhere else because he's basically had carte blanche. He's he's never been pushed. They don't ever pull him for a younger guy. They never threaten his job status. He gets to basically be be Tuca and still get paid at a high at the level. Top level. At the top level. So why wouldn't you want to come back and play here? That, to me, is what's scary, is how many guys want to keep playing here because, it's to me, it's more about comfort I just than anything this. else. Uh, hockey matters here, Joe. Look at all the other places that have teams. Hockey's not loved in most other markets. Okay. I agree with that. Okay, I don't know. But uh, but, but Florida, how about is, are the Tampa Bay Lightning, is that a, like a, a hotbed of a, of, you know, of historic, you know, city of hockey? No. 
Martin St. Yeah. Louis. They love playing there. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, 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 I mean, they're good. I mean, they get the best goalie in hockey, Vasilevsky. I mean, you know, Stamco. They, 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 I mean, they, but you're right. Uh, History-wise, you know, yeah. Vegas, somehow every year they're in the conversation. They just I, I will say it's, it, 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 but part of it is, too, is they love their town. The media soft to these players. They, you know, they make excuses for them. It's a, you know, so the media is is on their side in Boston. So that probably is another kind of advantage that they have uh, in, in wanting to play here. Is is as much of a hockey town this is as is. But the media, let's face it, is a little bit soft when it comes to the players. And um, and then the players feel that. And that's probably a nice little thing. If you're going to be in a crazy hockey town like Boston, at least have the media on your side, and they do, unlike maybe some of the other sports in this town. Uh, and I know we're going to wrap this up here. What would you think about um – Green Bay talking uh, about Aaron Rodgers and saying he's a uh, complicated fella, complicated fella, and he might miss a bunch of make miss a bunch of money as well. Not going to OTAs. This uh, week. Biggest biggest storyline going into the season, Aaron Rodgers um, contract situation. Um, I, I I I'm curious to see how that how that plays out. Um, do they does you know does he come back? Does he does he hold out? Does what is he going to do because I, I good for the Green Bay Packers to just kind of do what you got to do, Aaron. We'll be here when you get back, and just moving on with Adam. That right there is is fascinating. When does he blink, or does he sit out? I, I can't wait to see what happens with that. And what, honestly, what a d bag. Seriously, Aaron, please, you're you're a d bag. You you know some of these guys today's quarterback. You look at Russell Wilson's his comments from this week, and he even appalled. Yeah, he was like, yeah, they were taken out of context. But it's yeah. but it's BS, Joe. <laughs> of course, he wanted to trade. Face. Come on, you know Russell. Like, say what you mean. And by the way, so many people at, don't say what they he, mean. He was at the Super Bowl and definitely jealous of Blake Brady. There was no doubt. But these these quarterbacks, they all want they want every they want to be more than just quarterbacks. They want to be the CEOs. They want to have uh, the decision making power. They want to have be uh, other business you know other you know run other businesses besides play. Instead of just playing quarterback, and Aaron Rodgers has kind of fallen into that category. Where he just thinks he's so much more than just a football player, it's like, dude, know your role, man. Just play football, know your role, and shut your mouth. It, you know, you know what? <laughs> he would turn me off to be a teammate of his. I'm sorry. Ooh, you're right. I didn't mean you, you're that. discouraging free agents to come play there. That was being reported because you're you're pissed off at the front office. So we all, if I'm a linebacker on the Green Bay Packers, I'm pissed at Aaron Rodgers because you know what? You're, you're discouraging guys to come to this team that can make us better to help us win ultimately because of your pettiness. Go screw Aaron Rodgers. Seriously. <laughs> uh, I just want to throw one last thing. I'm going to throw a couple of names at you when it comes to the NBA and possible trades with Kevin Walker. Uh, with Kevin Walker. Kevin Love. And Kimba Walker, please. <laughs> you, you, you have the audacity to say you're not happy here. You had a knee issue before you even got here, and they paid you a lot of money, and now, you want, now you're, uh, you're, you're mad at them for wanting to trade you? Please. Kevin Love. Tobias Harris, John Wall, which Blake Griffin's another guy. And no, Por- I don't want Blake and, Griffin. And Porzingis. I don't want Porzingis, and I don't want Blake Griffin. How are they going to get out of that deal, man? And Tobias Harris, gonna, I don't know. How are they going to get out of that deal? I just look at the highest paid players in the league. I don't know how they're going to get out of that one. So they're going to have to. They're going to have to pay salary, and they're going to have to maybe attach a. A first rounder with it. Yeah. Do they have any? Give Robert Williams. How about that? So you don't have to make that decision. I almost feel like Robert Williams. We know what he. I think he's going to have injury issues his whole career. Man, it's great. Pumping up now, baby.
Yeah. All right, Ted. Uh, by the way, um, show announcement. We're moving to 9 to 1 going forward. 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. I love it. I'll take those extra two hours. So there we go. Instead of Starting uh, next Sunday. And we'll know who shows up to OTAs tomorrow as well. So we'll know the story on uh, Stefan Gilmar. All right. Uh, I believe it's Christian Arkin coming up next. Hey, hey. The Sunday service is next, Ted. Enjoy thank it, you. I'll post this show online as well to all our listeners. Tom Morgan, thank you very much. I'm Joe Murray. Back here next Saturday, 7 to 9. And then 9 to 11. And then we'll be back 9 to 1 next week with Ted Johnson. Talk to you guys then.